Hello, this is Chris from the Two Blacks and a Mexican team, here to warn you that this is a movie discussion show. Think of it as a movie club, meaning each movie we discuss will be a full discussion, including spoilers. So, if you haven't seen the movie, well, you have been warned. Thanks and enjoy the show. And man, if I hear this stupid ass poem like one more time in there, it was just like every <laughs> five minutes, right. your hair, your hair's went, winter oh, fire. Man. I yo, know they yo, really could. No, that poem ain't even fire like that. It's not even like a great poem. Like <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking good for like a twelve year old. Kept Miles. going back to it. Don't you like, judge oh, Ben? My God, man, enough <laughs> with this poem, man. Shit. Hello, welcome to Survivor's Ed, how to not die first in a horror movie. I'm Chris. I'm Tawny. I'm Miles. And we are two blacks and a Mexican. And we all float down here. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. You know we, we do. This week we are talking about Stephen King's It, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. The movies, not the books. It would be weird to just talk about two chapters of a book. Um <laughs> <laughs> the film's directed by uh, Andy Muschietti that star a bunch of kids and a bunch of adults who get chased around by a clown played by Bill Skarsgård. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it. And if you're not familiar with it, like Google it. <laughs> Probably like go somewhere else for a while because yeah. you're not you in the right here? place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we don't appreciate it, but, like, why are you here if you've never heard of this? Exactly. So, um, without further ado, what is the situation in It, Chapter 1 and 2? Oh, lordy. Like, where do... So, like, okay, as somebody who, you know, um, the first... My first exposure was the, like, the late the 90s miniseries on abc and then i read the book as an adult and then the the new films came out and so that was sort of the sequence for me but like um the 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 situation is that there is basically this cosmic if you're familiar with the term cosmic horror you know, it's the idea that, like, the universe does not care about human beings, that it is ultimately indifferent to our suffering, and there are gods above us and below us who sort of play around with our fate, and the... <laughs> that sounds really huge and this yeah, is I why like, like damn that was that was in there <laughs> yes absolutely it's called this it is about cosmic horror like right we have yeah. the and i'm not sorry i'm like like this there's there's so much because when i first saw this thing like i took it in as a child like i was like a child in 19 whatever like no i was like 10 or something and the miniseries came out and everyone knew that at that point like it was already clear that tawny liked horror right like I had, <laughs> I had grown up, and um, like the miniseries came out, and like people recorded it for me, and um, and really what the what and as an adult, what I've come to sort of realize is that what the the movie's about is cosmic horror, is these forces in the universe that, um, uh, it's the idea of like humans sort of realizing that our existence is not meaningful in any sort of real existential way. And, like, there's this, in the books, like, there's 
the tortoise or the turtle, like the turtle couldn't help us, right? Like the like the thing that brought us into existence was like died, and we we're just sort of on our own. And whatever it is is not. It doesn't have a, the whatever the, its corporeal form is is not especially relevant. But like what is relevant is that like there's this creeping terror that cannot be escaped. And like I think that's the dread of these books and of these of this story. Like whichever way it's told, however many ways it's told, and I've watched and read every single way <laughs> it's been told. And so I'm probably going to scramble them a little bit. But like we have this entity that comes from outer space, and we see the scenes of it happening. It hits Earth, and it um, reside. It, it takes up residence under the town of the fictional town of Derry, Maine, which is a favorite Stephen King locale, right? Like Derry. And infects, basically, like, sort of infects everything around it and about the town, like, to the extent that, like, adults in the town, like, see horrible things happening and won't do anything. Or, or sometimes even can't even see it. But because children have more active imaginations and more powerful imaginations they're more prone to be um, victimized by, you know, by this entity. And what this entity does is it eats fear, right? Like it, it, it fear is delicious. Like it eats souls, it eats energy, it eats life energy, and it eats it through its dead light. And, um, and like what, what the movies are about are the time that these seven, and again, lucky seven, right? Like the, there's like, it's a holy number, right? Seven, like traditionally, these seven children come together and because of um, fate and circumstance and, and natural born gifts and whatever else happens, like for whatever reason, are able to defeat this entity and drive it underground earlier than it's ready to go underground. And the entity, like, hates it and wants to get back at them. Um, so it's the lucky seven um, that make this movie happen and make, like, make the first movie happen. And then the way the story is told, like, in the book, and it's been so long since I've read the book, but, like, I know it's a little bit more interspersed. And in both the, like, the 90s, like, TV miniseries and this series, it's more separated into, like, the child like the, what they experience as children and then what they experience as, adult, as adults, even though there's some, you know, there's some back and forth. But like, because of whatever it was that was bestowed on them as these children by this fucking random turtle, <laughs> which, like, the turtle is, <laughs> let's talk, I don't know, That's we'll so talk weird. about the turtle. So, I know, it's the turtle, it's so the turtle. <laughs> the turtle, um, what's, what is the turtle? Maturine, right? Maturine? Like, the turtle is the creator of the universe. And because of, like, whatever gifts were bestowed on these children by the, the like, the lucky number and by their bonds to each other and by the grace of the turtle, they were able to defeat the evil, and then they have to come back and fight it later. So that's that's my understanding. I know there's, like, a lot of fucking crazy shit, but... Let me just say that I'm so thankful <laughs> that they cut the turtle out of the <laughs> the Cause there was already enough like stuff that was pretty ridiculous already, like <laughs> in the movie to begin with. Like, well, it's just a lot, you know. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was like. So I I actually remember watching this as a kid. Um, 
I know I can't. I, I feel like there was a time where they. I don't remember what year it was, but it came back out again on like te- television where they showed the two part. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but they showed it again. And I just remember everybody going to school and it was the biggest thing about everybody watching it the night before and going like did you watch it last night and every it was just the biggest thing and everybody was talking about how scary it was and i actually didn't catch it or something like on tv and i think my mom rented it because my mom was always renting horror stuff and just and i couldn't help but watch it so i ended up watching this and i was that the original one in the 90s scared the shit out of me completely like i i was I was not ready for that. That was the scariest thing. As a kid, there was a debate like on what the scariest like movie was. And it was always it it was always at the top of everybody's list of what was the scariest thing. Cause I mean it his his, uh, his performance was great. But moving on to this, like I was kind of hyped for this because mm-hmm. I just remembered that original one so much as a kid and it was just the scariest thing in the 90s to me at least and the group of people that i ran with like that was the scariest thing was was the clown and the the first uh the first shot to to me the the kid stuff is always more fascinating to me than than the adult stuff so chapter one i actually really enjoyed um i didn't when i first saw it i was kind of like i mean because it wasn't scary uh, to me, really, I, I, I didn't really find it to be scary, which I mean, I'm an adult now, so it's tougher to, you know, pull that off anyway. But I, I ended up like r- upon rewatches, I was like, this this one is really good. The the 2017, mm-hmm. the, the kids, it's the cast like the kids are so believable in that there's a there's a bunch of scenes where I love the scenes uh, when they go to the that house and the house he, on Nebel Street. Yeah, and he comes out the refrigerator. That's literally my favorite scene. It's mm-hmm. him coming out the refrigerator. That is the dopest scene in the movie. And I, I found myself being less scary watching it and just more impressed by how well they executed. Like, I could see this being scary. I'm not necessarily scared of it, yeah. but I'm, this is terrifying for sure. And that moment where he, they're all back, um, Eddie uh, falls through the floor and they're all down there to help him. And the terror on their faces when they're, when they're in there and he's, it's so, those kids, like the acting is, is incredible. It's like, it's A1. Like I really buy their fear a hundred percent. And I mean, the, the adults, I I just, uh, I'm, I, we'll talk about the second one. But I, 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 saw I, I got issues with the second one. Just there's so many things I feel like just don't work in the second one. Mostly because this is more terrifying if you're a kid, and it, seeing it through the perspective of a child makes it much more effective than seeing it through the eyes of adults. It, in fact, the town. It, it kind of does it, it, it's sort of like counter to what the town is where the adults don't see this anyway so having adults come and witness all of this is not as terrifying to me and they it's a joke fest on top of everything else so it just kind of is not it's less scary anyway because they lean so heavily into the humor on the second one which it's not bad i mean i love Bill Hader's is incredible, and and, <laughs> and he—I mean, I don't know if there's any lines he says that 
aren't good. That don't hit exactly. Yeah, they right. don't hit. They all yeah, hit. They all I, hit. And, and and it's not even my problem that uh, that they don't hit. They all actually hit. Mm-hmm. I guess my issue is like I was expecting this to be. This is not terrifying anymore. It's just funny, and I guess that's where like when I get to chapter two, I kind of I check out, and it's like long as hell too. It's overly long. <laughs> it's really long. And man, if I hear this stupid ass poem like one more time in there, it was just like. <laughs> Every five minutes, right. your hair, your hair's went, winter oh, fire. Man. I know they yo, really could have. Yo, that poem ain't even fire like that. It's not even like a great poem. Like <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking good for like a twelve-year-old. Kept Miles. going back to it. Don't you like, judge oh, Ben? My God, man, enough <laughs> with this poem, man. Shit. No, but they did yeah, really like. It. Yeah, no, for for sure, too much. We get it. You was feeling yeah. her, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you had to say. That's all you had uh, to say. I, uh, <laughs> and you didn't say that. Like, she didn't find out until 20 some years later. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, um, so I, I, I really, I don't have a connection to, it's, it's funny. We have three slightly different experiences with this because I, I don't have really a connection to it from my childhood. Um, I never read the book and I never, like, I don't think I ever. I maybe I see. It's one of those weird things in my memory where I'm like, did I even see that miniseries? I saw parts of it for sure, but if I saw it, it didn't. Um, I didn't like, you know, retain it, or I didn't. I didn't watch. Sit down and watch it. I'll say mm-hmm. it that way. Um, so my really like, I knew of Pennywise and it just through the culture, through popular culture and everything. And so the 2017 movie was really my first time, like, in you know, seeking out. And watching um, it as a story, and um, I really like, uh, really enjoyed that movie. Um, I and I kind of knew I would. There was something about the trailers I remember thinking, like, "Man, this is like gonna be good." I kind of just tell it's gonna be good, and uh, I think it was because of that scene, the um, the slides um when the mom oh, yeah. turns oh, yeah. into pennywise mm-hmm. yeah i remember thinking that was just such a dope and the trailer was cut so well because it never actually shows her turn into pennywise it just mm-hmm. the trailer ends like right when the hair is kind of starting to blow yeah. away from yeah. the face and the trailer just ends because that first trailer i don't think we saw pennywise at all um if i remember correctly but um and so the movie is just really well done, well shot, beautiful, beautifully shot, good cinematography. Mm-hmm. It, it came out right around that Stranger Things kind of era of like where everybody was hyped about the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And so it just, it was well timed. Um, got your Finn Wolfhard. Um, <laughs> kids on bikes in peril. Um, and uh, I've told y'all this a couple times. I have this weird sadness about the character of Georgie. Um, I think it's because my son was the exact same age when I saw that movie. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, dang, like this kid died alone in the street. Like it was just so dark yeah. to me. And a lot it of movies is, are, it are is afraid dark. to do that. You know, like it's a lot of dark. movies will shy away from actually having a child brutally yeah. murdered on screen in a way. I mean, not fully on screen, but on screen. Right. So an idea of like people being aware of it and choosing to turn away. Um, like that woman on the porch. You it was know, just so dark. You know, in the um, so like the one of the things that surprised me about this version was that the choice to have Georgie disappear, right? Like, so in the other, in the book and in the original movie, 
Georgie bleeds out right there on the street. And there's this, like, there's a policeman who, um, who comes and who, like, he's the first one to find the body or whatever. And he's, like, this one, like, glimmering hope of adult humanity. Like, for the kids, like, he represents this sort of, like, one adult who, like, gives a shit about what happens to them and who's paying attention on any level. And he's, like, he's got, like, a, like a, I feel like he's got, like, a super Irish surname. I might be wrong. But, like, later on in the story... Like, he finds Georgie's body with the arm gone, right? Like, Georgie bleeds out in the book. He just dies on the street. And so there's no mystery as to, like, where he went or if he's alive or not. Like, for the in the original movie, he's just dead. Um, and then later, like, the, the kids are playing in the Barrens or whatever. I think it's, like, when they're building the dam and, like, that same officer shows up and he's like, you guys get home, like, get out of here. And it's just, like... Um, it's this little like stroke of like there are some adults who are not completely apathetic to the like gross disgusting shit that happens in dairy um and has been happening for centuries apparently and there there's something a little bit comforting about that and it's just completely kind of missing <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually enjoy that that's yeah. not there i think that makes it even more terrifying from the child's perspective knowing that because yeah. uh, for, for a kid uh, seeing an adult it gives you some sort of safety net some sort of comfort if you have bullies or something and you're being yeah. chased and you see an adult you feel like the adult is going to not allow me to be you know, beat up or whatever. So they're not going to allow something to happen to me because they're mature. And to know that the adults are not going to save you is even more terrifying because we can't go to, and all their parents mm. suck. So they can't go yeah. to their parents, their most, you know, the, 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 the parental, you know, the people are comfort that are like the back. closest. Yeah. yeah. They, they can't go to them. They can't go to any of the townspeople. And I like the mystery of Georgie, uh, of the ambiguity of, of of him thinking that he's still out there. Um, I love that. I love that. That's his motivation. That that's why I was so kind of didn't. I was detached from the second film because I the the strongest thing in the first film was him to me feeling like his brother was still alive and him his motivation was. He was afraid. They were all afraid. And I don't think he was ever not afraid, but he was just so he felt so bad that he had to find his brother by any means necessary. And I like that motivation. I, I like I loved his character. Like he was so believable because of that. And the rest of his friends are like, listen, man, we feel sorry that your brother got killed. But, dude, this shit is not this is not it. We do not want to do this. And I and admire that him. Exist. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't exist in any of the of, of the other narratives. Like in the book, Georgie Denbro's arm gets ripped off and he bleeds out in the gutter, basically, right? And, like that, and the, that's the and that's yeah. the thing that about this film that again, not to harp on the second one again, I feel like they took liberties in this one to improve on maybe things that King wrote that weren't as strong to me, uh, because King is notoriously, you know not always the best writer like he has he was in a weird place when he wrote it now, yeah he's he has talked some, about that yeah he has some like really interesting concepts on things but we i mean he pokes fun at himself for not being the best finisher of those things and i think there's elements of his story that's real that's a really compelling story 
And you can tell that the director took a lot of good pieces and made the first film and, and decided to omit certain things that like the whole thing with his bike was not a big thing. And true. And, and which is great. And it's stupid that they try to force it in in the second right. one because it wasn't a thing at all. It was like his bike was not important at all. Like, and it it didn't need to be there. Just well, take yeah, the bike right. Out. And like in the book and in the the mini the ABC miniseries in the nineties, like that bike became the vehicle by which he restored his wife. And like his wife's introduced in the the movie in the second movie in this movie. And, and she's like, insignificant. She's, she's fucking not gone. Yeah. Like, why even bring the bike in? Like, the bike doesn't do anything. It was like, so it, random. And then he so did the high old silver. And I was like, you never... See. Well, you know what? Yeah. They did say it. There was, like, a, a voiceover yeah, but it's just like, in why the, like, even, first like, movie. Like, it's not... Like, let's... Instead of, like, trying to shout out the original movie, let's just, like, focus on, like, whatever the story elements are in this one. Because like, it was unnecessary, it, it, it yeah. didn't really make sense. Like you would, th- and you would think that the reason that they introduced it in chapter two was that it was his token or something that that was going to be, yeah, the something. thing that. But it didn't have any significance in the first movie, so I don't even know why that would I be his like, token anyway. It did, yeah, I felt like random. they didn't know what to do with Bill. Like I really felt like. Um, like the they didn't really know. Like Bill was supposed to be the leader. Um, I don't think he had like much of anything to do. No, in, in I mean the because they movie. had because they had. I feel like because they had so much good stuff with like Bill Hader that they just was like yo, this is the shit is really good. Like they didn't want to cut it. It seemed like they didn't want to cut any of that. And I and again, I'm not advocating against Bill Hader because I think. 99% of what he does works. It just the story of Bill in the first movie was the most compelling story to me. And then the second film, he just is kind of there. Even his, yeah. they kind of, you know, whatever over even the thing between him and Bev, which kind of is, they don't even really address that hardly by the time they become adults. It's kind of just like whatever. And they move on from it. There's so much things. There's so many things that they do, uh, you know, for them. Even Mike. Uh, I mean, I mean, I got so many problems with Mike. <laughs> we'll but get there. It, it, yeah, I mean, even the fact. I mean, even the <laughs> fact of him, you know, staying at the town. And why isn't that Ben? Why isn't Ben was the guy that, you know, was into all of this historical stuff in the town? Like, but he well, yeah. is not. The, well, I mean, at least in the movie, he was in the first one. So just go with that. Continue to go with that. Yeah, and that they just threw Yeah, they just threw other stuff in there. Like Eddie is I mean, Richie is gay. Like I didn't even they, I feel like a rewrite. They didn't set Let me say up, this. They didn't set that before up. Before we all. before we go. Okay. So I read it as an adult, like as full on, like I was married, like I had never read it and I was like, okay, it's time to hit this book. And and I've read a bunch of Stephen King, like a bunch of Stephen King. So I finally did it and like I was like, Eddie's gay. To me, it was like, Eddie's gay. Eddie's gay. Eddie's clearly gay. Or like, they're signaling that Eddie's gay. But Eddie's gay for Bill. Like, in the book, and I might be wrong. I might be completely off here. But like, the, and I don't mean this in any sort of judgmental way. But like, my reading of Eddie's... So like, big... So in the book, Bill is... They call him Big Bill. Like, he's Big Bill. I don't... Have you guys... Did you guys read the, the novel... 
No. So Bill is really. supposed to be Bill is supposed to be tall, like t- significantly like tall for his age and large. The one thing is that he has the stutter and so like that, you know, he's not going to ever be like the, you know, the, the most popular guy. But ev- like when you get into that sort of third person limited omniscient narr- narration, like Eddie is obsessed with Bill and like whatever Bill says he'll do. And, like, Bill is his hero. And I remember talking to someone about, like, being, like, I I just get, like, a real vibe in the Eddie and Bill dynamic that, like, Eddie is in love with Bill. Bill has no idea. But Eddie's gay. And so that was always what I, like, that's what I walked away from the novel with. I don't don't know if anybody agrees with me. That makes more sense to me that Eddie is gay. I believe, I would buy into if and, that, and, like, if, and I'm not saying that us, yeah. just like this movie didn't exist. Like, and I had seen the nineties movie and like, that wasn't even a thought in my mind, but reading the book, the way, like the way, like Eddie thinks about bill in the book. And when they show it, it's like he, he worships him. It's like hero worship almost. And so I got this sort of like, like, and I remember trying to talk to someone at the time and I was like, do you, do you get the vibe that Eddie's like, he's, he's into bill. And they're like, that's ridiculous. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that's ridiculous. And then I saw it. And then and then it came up as like, Richie's gay. Richie's gay for Eddie. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, I Why? knew I was. I, 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 knew I don't I was understand. Being, I don't right. get that. Why is Richie gay I don't, for Eddie? I, and I, I will tell that. you, like, I, I in no way. That's a retcon, man. Shape that's or a form, retcon. Absolutely. And in no shape. And in no shape, way, or form did I ever get the vibe that Richie was gay for Eddie. Like, Richie and Eddie had this beautiful, like, ridiculous... It was just bros. Like, I didn't get anything about them. There was no... I don't... I didn't... I don't know. I I, I just... The the thing that makes it even more ridiculous to me is that it is sort of... And the second one's like, I know your secret. It's like, I mean, dude, it's like 20, 20, he's gay. Like, okay. Like, it's not even... Yeah, it's not even that big of a deal if he is gay. It's like, so? Like, I mean, I could see if maybe this was taking, if this was in the 80s and he was being outed by that. The writers wanted to work in some sort of like narrative, like um, thread, right? Like some sort of narrative thread of this. Like there was something that they picked up on maybe that they wanted to work in. And then there's that whole uh, open from the second movie with the, basically the hate crime, right? Like the, the beating of that's straight from the book. That's straight. That actually happens. Yeah. yeah like I, I remember that that's in the book. Yeah. I remember reading it in the book and being like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even understand why this is in here, but then being like, okay, well I get it now. Like the idea is that like, I mean, I think the connection is like whatever it is, right? Like this malevolent force that lives beneath dairy just makes everybody ugly. Like, and makes like the ugliness just like spews out. And like one of the, one of the many facets or like whatever, like faces or, or ugly, like heads of that ugliness is homophobia. Another one is racism. I think as we see with between Mike and Henry Bowers, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a second. But like I, I did, and I know that people were like, that shouldn't have been in there because it was so disconnected from everything else. But I really did sort of appreciate that because I think I, I appreciated that that scene was there because I think that's an important part of what Stephen King is trying to say about it. It's not just like this ugly monster that kills children or whatever. It's this thing that infects every single thing. 
in the town. Like this thing that makes life ugly and that makes people hate each other and be willing to hurt each other for, you know, whatever reason. And see, like I I can agree with that. It, it further explains exactly what it is by showing that it affects the entire town uh negatively. That makes sense. What I don't understand is why then it the actual clown eats this adult. He he goes at the kids. That's not even his MO. His thing is kids. No, like, he eats whatever. Well, I'm and just that's... saying based off of what the movie has given us, based off of the movie, they've only he's only gone after kids. And that's kids are easier mo- because they have better imaginations. That's right. Because the, idea, the right? because the adult yeah, they don't like because the, the the adults really don't identify with there even being a quote unquote it. There is no it. There's nothing there. But to the kids, he, he you know he's like the the lady that sees uh, Georgie get, or doesn't see Georgie, you know, get it get his arm torn off and eaten. She's completely you know complicit and oblivious to what's going on. The only body that even reacts is the cat. Which I think is funny because, like, is there something about cats, like, seeing people die? And, like, cause Stephen King cat loves and cats. Alien. Stephen alien. King loves <laughs> cats. No, Stephen King loves oh. cats. Like, just think back on. But, like, I, like, I think the idea is that, like, um, being on the margins is what maybe makes you able to see things more clearly. I, I get that because they they just never established that he goes yeah. after adults in the movie at all. He just yeah. only goes after kids from what we see in the movie. And even in the second one, I mean, he's he has a grudge against this specific group of kids because of what yeah. they did to him in the first movie. So that's why he's going, you know, back and forth with them in the second one. But it, he's not trying to do anything to any other adults he's just going after he's a he's a, a he does though he's a that's, no, no, that's no, no. literally so, yeah do, if you remember the i think i mentioned the black spot right like the that was the so in, in the original story like one of the original stories is my like my in the book mike and his father are very close and mike's father is the one who's the historian and he's the one who tells him the story of this um, this nightclub for black patrons called the Black Spot, where like they could go and it was like just somebody's house or like a barn or something, and they could just go and like party, and like um, like the burning down of the Black Spot and all the patrons that died in it, like is very clearly um, one of the acts of Pennywise or like one of the acts of it, right? Like it's it's um, it's related to it very clearly. Like, it's one of these things. So, like, maybe he doesn't go after adult. Like, and, and it doesn't, I'm not saying the movie establishes it, but it yeah, is the in, movie in the story. Yeah, the movie just doesn't, yeah, the movie doesn't and establish I wish, any of And that. I really yeah. wish, like, and they, they turn the fire into, like, this personal thing that happened to Mike. And I'm like, I just feel like that was a mistake. And, I, and maybe we'll get into this when we get into Mike's character. But, like, I feel like if you really wanted to delve into the insidious racism that can rot a, a, a group of people from the inside out, like... Why would you take that out of the story? You know, I, th- like- I, think, I think the directors thought the most badass thing about this is this creepy ass clown. And we can, you know, exploit that. I think that was the and we have to throw some of King's stuff in here because it's his property. But I think the most interesting thing is people know who know it for being this creepy ass clown. And he's not even a clown. That's just a form. He's that not. He, 
for whatever right. reason decides to stay in that's for the pop culture a, zeitgeist about exactly it, that we understand that we identify with and i think they understood that that yeah he has to be the clown that's what everybody's gonna identify with and maybe they won't they'll feel disconnected from things maybe they'll feel disconnected from events happening that are not this thing that we see you know doing the killing i can immediately associate that with okay it's the clown that's evil versus you know this people dying for uh, you know arbitrary reasons that's not connected to this actual individual so i i, I this feels like we're starting to shift in that direction anyway <laughs> so we're gonna pivot but but first i just want to say um i think the for me these these movies do a lot of things that it's hard for a director to take a piece. That novel is huge and there's a lot in it. And uh, unless he was going to make like five movies, I don't think he was going to get to all the lore that 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 he that King built in that world. Yeah. I think the first movie of these two is a complete story. Yeah. The way that it's told. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like I could watch that movie and not need to see anything else. Um, because of the way that he tells that story. And it's got, to me, my favorite moments across the two movies are all, all of them are in the first one. Um, the My favorite scene has been in the library, that creepy librarian behind oh, him. Oh, yeah, such a, standing it, behind him. Such, yeah. an, such an unsettling, it's one yeah. of the few things I've seen in like modern horror that really like has unsettled me in that way. Um and I think, you know, I, in truth, I actually think that the tone of both movies is pretty much exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Miles, you mentioned the humor in the second one. Kind of, I think there's a lot of humor in the first one, but because uh-huh. of the setting and because of the kids, it sort of uh, blends better, maybe, of that tension and release that you get from the comedy and the tension and release you get from the horror. Whereas in the second movie, I think because... And I think we talked about this in the text chat, like the there's something to me that feels like the adults are just um, very, very, very similar to how they are as kids, particularly Eddie and Richie. Um, yeah. They're very similar to how they were as kids in a lot of ways. And I feel like what happened the way I read it and watching these two two movies is that. In the first movie, Richie kind of got shortchanged a little bit. I mean, he was kind of, I, I, I actually, I think I mentioned this, I think that's the only case where the adult version of the character I found more interesting because Finn Wolfhard's like kid Richie was almost just like comic relief most of the time. And he was like making these little kind of over the top, like I'm a kid and I get to cuss kind of jokes and stuff. And, <laughs> uh, and that was kind of it. Like you didn't even see the penny pennywise go after him until later in the movie and he was just he felt like not as central and then yeah. in the second movie he takes center stage and bill bill gets kind of shifted aside and um i wonder if there was something about that too that said hey we didn't get to spend a lot of time with richie in the first movie let's figure out an arc or something we can do with him and these things started to come out of it because it did. It felt like it felt like he suddenly became a more central character. Mm-hmm. And in the first movie, like upon rewatch, I was like, "Yeah, he's really not Absolutely. doing a lot." Absolutely, yeah. it's really fascinating because, like, Bill is such supposed to be the central character 
in these movies and he just really kind of disappears to the point that like 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 you know when he's in the mirror the house of mirrors or whatever and he's like you guys i'm gonna follow this kid and it's just like oh i don't like so i dumb. barely like, i don't even like, know I, what's <laughs> weird i don't even care about ba- anything he's i kind of barely care and here's the thing it's like i love james mcavoy like yeah, i i love yeah. james yeah, mcavoy he's dope. super dope. did not like bill did almost nothing for me and it was I just think like he was so, miscast for this honestly it was, I, I don't know if it was that it, it was miscast so much as like what chris just, was saying was that like they decided to focus on Richie and like that was it just made this and I'm not saying it was bad or like a mistake even but like it just had the effect of completely eclipsing anything Bill could ever offer because Bill's completely boring next to I mean fake Bill is completely boring next to real Bill like real Bill is hilarious and I just think and like I think what I had written to you guys a couple of weeks ago was like like the first movie works really well because you're sort of in the realm of childhood. You're in the realm of imagination. Yeah. Anything can happen. There's nothing that's ridiculous. And then like you get there, these people are all like 40 years old or like what I don't know, younger than me. And I'm like, you know, I'm fucking old now, but <laughs> like, like younger than me. And they're coming back. And like, I remember like I texted you guys. There, there, there's the moment in the the original miniseries with John Ritter as Ben and like um, Annette O'Toole as Bev, where like she it's Pennywise and then Pennywise tricks Ben into kissing oh, yeah. him yeah, and he yeah. goes, "Kiss me, fat boy!" And then like there's another scene where like Ben and Bev are really it's actually the real Bev and they start kind of making out and Ben pushes back and goes. Damn it, Bev. Is that you in there or is that the clown? And like every single time I see that scene, I'm like, that's the most ridiculous possible dialogue I can imagine. And I just think like there's a certain ridiculousness about the fact that these grown ass people have to come back and deal with a clown that's fucking with them and trying to scare them. And it just makes it, it just makes it weird. And I don't, like, I don't know if the second half of it, it will ever be scary. I don't think it was to me even at the time. It, it just, di- you know? it, it doesn't, it doesn't work as well. And like what you were saying, Chris, like, I agree. There's like humor in the first movie uh, where, where there's just tension and release. The problem is that there's no tension in the second movie. Where's the tension at in the second movie? I don't that mind they, it. Like, it doesn't need it's to be just, that scary for me. I mean, it like, doesn't I, need to be. But what I'm saying is, is like it, it, the tension release works if you have both. If you don't have tension and you just have comedy, yeah. then it just feels like, a, you know, you, there's just jokes. Yeah. There's not really a ton of things happening in the second film that are as intense as what ha- like I don't I don't I'm, I'm not necessarily afraid or scared in the in the first movie. But I am fearful for those kids by what they're witnessing wow. in the first movie in certain occasions. I'm not and, fearful of yeah. anything that happens to the, the most the most thing the thing in the second movie that is the most creepy is is Bauer stabbing uh, Eddie yeah. in the face out of nowhere, which yeah. just is jarring. <laughs> but just in terms of what they Which is also somehow the funniest scene in the movie. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that that turns everything kind of it turns yeah. into a joke anything turns into a joke in the second one and like you said like tawny it makes no sense that these grown-ass adults first of all if you calling me i haven't talked to you in 27 years 
<laughs> but we did cut our palms open, Miles. Again, I know that you would do that. Cut. Yep, exactly. <laughs> nobody we only do movies where there's open palm cuts. Oh, but you gotta have, like nobody keeps promises from when they're a, a kid, man. I said this in a text. Who does that? Who keeps promises from when they were like twelve? Like nobody does that. And twenty-seven years later, I'm not coming back to this town. And if if I'm wherever I'm at at home, and you call me. And it, let's say I get there and it's like, hey, let's just catch up, you know? Like, okay, cool. Because I forgot. Because that's that's the plot of the movie is forgot. you forget. Yeah, you forget. You don't remember what happened. Cool. Let's meet up. Let's have some dinner. Chinese restaurant. Okay, we're all, you know, just hanging out, having a good time, catching up with some old friends. Yeah, I've done yeah. that before. But the moment I do start to remember and I'm like, wait a minute. Ain't this where that clown shit was happening at before? Like, oh, wait, hold on. Like, nah, hey, hey let, let get, get this, how we gonna split this a, bill? Like, yeah. There's a baby pterodactyl in my fortune cookie. There's like yeah, a Yeah, what are we doing here? Like, Why are we here? Why are we here to stop this? I don't want to stop this. I was somewhere else. What but he, okay, about? so even uh, all of that, of get, like, yeah. go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. I was gonna pivot us because we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta pivot. Um, <laughs> we, so... We're to that section of the show where we check in on our people of color called You Good, Homie. And uh, we have one person of color really to uh, check in on, and that's Mike Hanlon, um, who has an interesting bridge from chapter one to two. So let's just talk about Mike and how we feel about his character <laughs> in these movies. Well, he doesn't do anything in either of the movies. Like, he doesn't really, or in the first movie, he doesn't have anything to do really. And then in the second movie, it's like, all right, let's give him something to do, but let's give him something stupid as hell to do. Like, because I have so many questions about Mike. Yeah. My I, overwhelming feeling, again, having experienced the book, the original miniseries, and now this one, is like, no one quite knows what to do with this person. Like, it's, and I keep reading, like, King did such a much more masterful job. And I'm like, I read that book, and like, there were things. Like, they gave, Mike and his dad had a really good relationship, and Mike's, in the book, like, Mike's dad is the one who introduces him to all the, the history of Derry, and then in the original ABC miniseries, like, Mike's the one who's, like, he, he like, all the stuff they give Ben, or a bunch of the stuff they give Ben in these new movies, like, is Mike, he's, he's going, like, he's the one that knows the history of the town, and all this, these disasters, and, and that's taken away from him. And I swear to God, and maybe, and I tried to look this up, but I couldn't find it. But like, I swear to God, they make one of these, in one of these versions, Mike is like a heroin addict. And here's the, like the super fucked up part for me was like, even like years and years ago, it was like, really the black guy is the only one that doesn't get to go off and have a successful life. Like everybody else (laughs) is wildly successful and rich and shit. And, like, I read this stupid review that was, like, Stan's the only one that's not rich. And I'm like, did you see fucking Stan's house? Like, don't tell me that guy didn't do it. Like, everybody goes off and does fabulous things. And Mike's fucking back there in Derry. Like, just get out of here. Like... Why are and you whatever in Derry, whatever man. credit like right and like and and I've and I've and I've read things where like Stephen King's version of Mike was so much richer and maybe it was but they still they still made him the guy that had to stay in fucking Derry and like well, it's take funny care. That, the, while you were saying that I was reading their character things from uh, I think this is from the books but it's, it literally says here 
Stan is good with money, with and after several successive good decisions, Stan and his wife are able to make incredible wealth. <laughs> like, right, they're all rich. Like, and I and I read a I read a movie review where it was like, it was trying to be like the reason Stan died was because he wasn't rich. So I'm like, no, stupid. He was fucking rich. They all were rich. Eddie, and here's one of the things that never gets made in any of the movies was that when they're in the sewers, Eddie has a perfect sense of direction. He's the one who can steer them. And when he goes and makes his money as an adult in the book, he's like a he's like a limo driver. Like he's a he has like a limo, like a chauffeur business or like a um, and he has a perfect sense of direction. And that's completely missing from any of the, the cinematic versions. Mike, it's like, what the fuck? No one knows what they're doing with Mike. Like, OK, the one thing that, that they do get right that I feel like maybe does go right is that they they're like they acknowledge that like Henry Bowers has an irrational hatred of Mike based on the fact that he's just black. Like that's the, like in that, and that's actually said in the book, like there was no one Henry hated more than of the losers club than Mike. And it was just because he was black and Henry's dad had made him like hate black people. It's like made it clear like these people were taking things from you. So I don't like even know if that was clear to me in the movie. It's though. not nah, in, in the, the movie, movie at all. He has an irrational yeah. hatred for just human life in general. It was like carving this name into uh, Ben's stomach. You see him come up, drive up on him in the alley. Like, you see a couple of things, but it's not made clear enough that, like, right. this motherfucker's a scared little pussy racist who hates Mike because Mike's black. And, no, like, that. Race they should. And yeah. that was what the whole black spot was about. It was like the, the black spot that happened because of racial animus and that was one of the things that it made the people do like and it was like not like all that stuff get lost and i just felt like it could have been so much like those see but see but i think that the story can exist without that i just think like what you said interesting it is but what i'll say chris like i agree the second movie is unnecessary it's complete it's a completed story after the first movie there's nothing else that needs to happen and I don't even need to see Mike. First of all, the mistake that they made is is writing a black character in Maine. Ain't no one. There's no black. It's just like ain't nobody really black in Maine. I feel like they just didn't know what to do with them. They're like, was, let's make him the expert. Well, let's why, make him the guy that does the Indian That's why because there ain't no black yeah. people in Maine like that. It's probably, he probably <laughs> literally is the only one black person in Maine trying to save Maine. Like, Nick, like, why are you in Maine? Like, leave Maine. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why are you trying yeah. to save this town? Like, of these people that probably don't like you, they they probably don't even realize that you're there. You're the one black person in this entire town, and you're sitting here trying to save this town. That's a shitty town on top of everything else. It's not even a good. It's not even Full like a terrible good town. People, why did it bro. have to be Mike that stayed behind? Like, why did it have to be Mike that stayed behind? Like, of I mean, all it just, it just, other I characters, just, I just, like, I just don't even why? understand for him, even outside of the clown attacking him. You're the only black person in this town. <laughs> why are you still here? Like, yeah. you, you, I could see your parents grew up here, whatever the case is. But why would you stay here? There's nobody else here that looks like you at all. Like, and it's a really small, like, kind of hit. It's that, town. Ma- but it's. I think it's an. I think it's got a touch of magical Negro. Like, and 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 Mike is the one in the in the movie, not the book. And I forget the book. I know they do some weird shit in the book, but he's the one who goes and like touches base with the magical indigenous people, right? Like, like everybody can understand them, like. <laughs> 
and, right. why, and, and he lied and then he uh, here we go and then we got he lied and that was such we a weird thing character of color lying to everybody about coming back to this town so weird tricking tricking them into doing this ritual that so, didn't work yeah in the it, book, they like don't even it, the book the 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 ritual of Chud is like a shout out to this thing that happens in the book when they're kids and they're like let's fucking put smoke in our little underground thing and like see if we hallucinate and like I can't even remember which character I feel like it's like Richie and Mike maybe who like are able to see the vision of the fucking thing landing on Earth but like there's like that there's no like there there's a tribe. Like there's there's no like anyone pretending that this is like tied to any cultural thing. This is just, like a bunch of kids fucking around, being like, "Let's do what the Indians did." Well, and then, Stephen King loves Indian. He absolutely <laughs> like, does so, magical I mean, Indians. Is, yeah. So I, I I yeah, Mike feels like two different characters to me from one movie to the to the next, and that was to me the disconnect. The film is, um, and I feel like that uh really just did him a disservice as a character because he did have a, an, an, a little bit of an arc in the first movie. It wasn't, to me, a very strong arc, but it's a little bit of an arc in that, like, you know, his grandpa says that thing to him at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes uncle, no sense. Is his uncle or grandfather? <laughs> it's his grandfather. I didn't understand that line. I, I, just, yeah. I, I, I didn't like, just understand yeah, the it's point like this of idea it, yeah. that you're either the one... It's basically like you're the one doing the killing or the one getting killed. Like, and then what? he, like, ends with being the one doing the killing but killing? he didn't kill him why is that a lesson uh, like, he well, needed to learn i didn't understand it was, that. it was just a weird like thing and then like it's i guess it was like his rite of passage of like somehow becoming i don't know so then we have movie two where okay well if the whole idea is that he sort of was becoming a man and coming into his own but then like he's still a slave to this town um and he's yeah. calling all these white people, being like, "You got to come back and save yeah. it." You but he it. and but he, you know, to him, it's all so present, you know. And uh, yeah, it just it's it felt it does feel like it does feel off that he would be the one to stay behind and call them and stuff like you. You'd have to. I guess my biggest issue with these movies, like the way that they're structured, is that there's a lot of things that happen in the second chapter that aren't really set up in the first one. Like or you don't earned. really set up. You, you didn't set up yeah. Michael Mike being the one to stay. But like if there was yeah. just something there around, Why, what would yeah. compel him to stay? Even if it was like his the farm thing or something like like oh like. I you know he t- to take care of his grandfather family. Yeah, yeah yeah family well, got sick, whatever in the come original, up with something that is there in the story like, like onto that his he had this like beautiful relationship with his father like where his father was like a histor like an amateur historian and that's the reason he took over the library but they completely took that away. In the, in the first movie, they gave it to Ben. So, and they I'm cool with them. I'm cool with that being Ben. Yeah. Just make it Ben. Fine. Okay. Right. He gave. He took we'll his part. Ben, Fine. Then, yeah. Make it Ben. Then, make it Ben that stays behind and he stays with Gary. And that makes sense. I read that was like I thought a little bit interesting was like it's supposed to sort of um, capture or depict in some ways like the idea of people of color being aware of things that are happening. And being the ones who are sounding the alarm, right? Like people of color being like, this is happening. Like, I'm not crazy. And I'm like, but did you have to make him seem so crazy? 
Like, did you have to make it so that, like, everybody was living this wonderful life or this normal life? I don't know. It just seems like yeah, there, were, there were, like, <laughs> there were things that were, there were, like, there were, like, really big, cool ideas that were glanced at, but never fully realized. And I think if you were going to do that with Mike and make this statement about how it was the one person of color in the group who's able to see the evil that's happening and point it out and bring everybody back, then make it about the, the make it clearer that that's what that is, as opposed to being like, and then like, the, the, they're like, Mike lied to us and he's crazy. And like, that's, <laughs> that's kind of like, I mean, cause the, that's the way he's comes off. He is yeah. crazy. Like, why are you here still in this town? It makes no sense why you would be here. If again, rewrite it, Ben stayed in Derry. He was obsessed with this stuff. If you're going to make all the other characters the exact same person that they were as kids, then make Ben the same person that he was as a kid. Like, make him... Like, don't retcon and tell me that he built them an underground base because he was into architecture and that's how you... <laughs> that didn't happen. But don't give that... Kid. I just feel like yeah, let don't, Mike don't, have, don't that. have that. And, but, like, don't. let's... Then let's have an let's have a mic that's like really like the the only fucking black kid in Derry and like have and 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 show the burden of that and not have it be like some weird thing that's never named, you know, like or that's never fully acknowledged or that's never like really like like give I mean, give us that then you know it's a product of uh, white guy writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to. I, mean, I don't think they wanted to go there and address that, which, again, I'm cool with. Fine. Don't address it. I don't care. But don't tell me that this guy wanted to stay in dairy because don't I don't understand why he would. Yeah, I don't understand why he would want to do that because it doesn't make sense to the character that you gave me the first time. I'm yeah. only going off of what you gave me and what you mm -hmm. gave me in the first movie. It, there's, there's nothing about this kid that tells me that he, when he grows up, he, he loves Derry so much. I, I, yeah, I don't, I just, yeah, there's, there's when nothing you make that a would... point of of having everyone else leave. Yeah, like if, like everyone, I, if, if more kids stayed, it'd be like okay, well, but yeah, I would I would get yeah. that. It made it just made sense to me to have Ben stay, and then maybe Ben gets killed or something because he's waiting on it, and he tries to. Maybe that's what happens at the beginning is he gets killed for trying to help some kid or something and because he's there obsessed with it. And then they come back because Ben died. Like, don't tell me that Mike is just here and calls up everybody like, hey, y'all, come back. It's been 27 <laughs> years. Like, oh, OK, like, well, no, yeah, I decline. I'm and hang up the he's, phone. The like, he's the last um, he's the last one to join, you know, like. He join he joins yeah, and it's like this convenient like vehicle of exposition of the town's history. Like there's not yeah, he's very separate from the group in that first movie. Yeah, and, and he's like, home wow. he's homeschooled too. They they make it known that he's yeah. not even mm -hmm. at school with them. He's a part of the homeschool, which he didn't really have that much. He was kind of like Winston. Like he was just kind of, <laughs> you know, he just came in at the end and yeah, he's a Ghostbuster Winston. too. I mean, literally. Like, yes, he literally. Totally. Totally. He literally is Winston. Absolutely. He just comes in at the end and yeah. Which which <laughs> which, in, which in fairness, that's kind of how Zetamar. kids become friends. It's kind of realistic. That is yeah. how kids become friends is they bond over some random thing and then now they're like cool. But, it just felt, yeah, you know, it, it felt like, yeah. the, and I, and I, this is what I said, like, 
It felt like no one knew what to do with him. And it was just like a half measure of like, let's try to acknowledge that like the fucking the burden of like being the bearer of truth is often on someone of color, right? Like, I feel like there is an an attempt at acknowledging that, but it doesn't come through in a, an effective way. And I just want that more. Like, I want it, like if, if Mike's going to be in there and he's going to be the historian and he's going to be the one who stays behind then let's make clear why that is in terms of like like criticizing society and not just make it like oh he just happens to be the one who was interested in history you know like that's stupid like Mike could have gone even the case in the movie right <laughs> yeah at all you know what right. not to get you off like, I'm thinking these... right I'm thinking right now do we have a rule for this that's what I We didn't to come to. up with one we so didn't I yeah before my, we get like even right, further, I was we, gotta like, pivot, we gotta pivot anyway but uh i was thinking it's something about like travel <laughs> <laughs> like, just travel leave just travel more just out because like all you break. have to do is leave dairy right and you just forget about it so just travel <laughs> yeah if he would have left he wouldn't have remembered any of this he would have gone on and they would have all just lived productive lives and well there was something with bev where she knew when they were gonna die or something that was uh, so dumb like i'm but sorry she, like but, bev, but she, another but failure she forgot that too though because she wasn't it that didn't wasn't aware no, like, like she another, wasn't aware of another, that right another failure like another complete failure of the movie like get that out of here like bev <laughs> bev gets kidnapped and they go save her get the fuck out of here no way like get the fuck out like, like i mean no, i didn't mind that in, again the stuff that she, oh she in the saw first everyone movie, die no I don't, get out i don't i don't mind the stuff that happened in the first movie but you telling me that she knows when they're gonna die? It doesn't no. really play any type of role in the second film. No, at all. Like, it's like it's. it's I don't feel like in. they really. I don't feel like they really know what to do with any of these characters besides Richie. Like, I mean, Ben is pointless. Ben is pointless in the second one. He's he just comes in and says stuff periodically in this stupid poem. And the only thing about him is he clearly is not the kid that was here before. He's, he's so fixated on that, too. And, like, there's no... Uh, that's the thing. This is the thing that's hard about all of these characters. And that's why uh, just staying away is literally the only thing that... Like, I, I think about the fact that they're so parallel to their kids' selves. I'm just like, how much of me is actually that much, like, Zero, like, 3%? Okay, first you know? of all... <laughs> Like, first of all, I can't see my, like, I can't see myself being organized enough to be like, you guys, we have this thing that we need to, at 12 years old or however fucking old they are, like, we need to go beat this clown. This, this is the, this is, these are the things we need to do. Like, they're fucking organized. Like, no, there's no 12 year old. And this is the thing. And, and, I'll, and I forever love Stephen King and I've grown up with Stephen King and I love him. But like, the, he doesn't write realistic children. Like these are all children who are far more sophisticated than any twelve-year-old I've ever possessed met. by forty-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. let's go beat this thing, and I'm like, I don't know a single fucking twelve-year-old. Yeah, none of us, none of us <laughs> would have done down that. Into the I mean, I mean, realistically, I mean, y'all, I didn't know y'all when I was eighteen or nineteen. I'm gonna tell you that I am a very different person than I was at that age, <laughs> exactly. and I don't know if you guys would have liked me, but <laughs> at, at yeah. eighteen, nineteen, I was a completely different person. At twelve, what are we talking about? We are not the same <laughs> like, people 
at 12 as we are at i don't know how old they are at well they're in their what 30s 40 early 40s uh, maybe like late 30s or 40s late 30s early 40s some of them like my age right now yeah, almost so, so like, nobody Ooh. nobody is that is the same person that you're not that closely that person maybe that kid that you used to i run into people that i went to high school with often and they'll always bring up something that i said in high school that was real funny to them or whatever and i mean okay fine but I don't. I don't even know what they're talking about. I don't. I, was a I don't count, remember that. I was that. a That's summer camp counselor that, yeah. for two years, and I worked with uh, like um, what was it like uh, seventh through ninth grade? So it was exact, you know, that age range. I can't like. There's no twelve year old I've ever met in my life that even comes close to being like, "Let's go fight this clown for the good of humanity in the sewer." <laughs> Like it's just not you know what it is a it's, thing. I think that's the 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 disconnect too is that that age. Like I could almost more likely see some eight year olds doing that than some twelve year olds. You know what I mean? Twelve year olds because are just, like that's yeah, when you're eight. More. When you're eight, you still think you you still you still Good think things are magical, yeah. and you still think like about you heroes, could have powers, or something. Yeah. 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 Once you get to a certain age, you start to. <laughs> once you get to a certain age, you start to like think of uh, get jaded <laughs> of of, uh, of of boning. <laughs> yeah, seriously, this is what this group would have been of like. like that, how bad that, my breakout is right now of like yeah. my armpit smell, like of a million. And I mean, other- I know they, I know they cut that out of the book, the which I'm glad because I didn't need to see that the weird orgy scene, but. However, so weird. However, at twelve, I would have been more concerned with with hooking up with Bev than I would be trying to find this intergalactic <laughs> crustacean clown or whatever in the sewers. Like, I would have been way more interested in trying to holler at Bev than I would be interested well, in trying important. to find it. There is an implication that Ben is is partially motivated by that in the first movie, but uh, it's still like. Yeah, it's yeah. He, he, you could tell he likes her. Like, I mean, that's clear because he, man, he's new. Like, nobody. Right, he's right. she's the only person that was really nice to him, like out of nowhere. And a you know, a pretty it's girl pretty. is nice yeah. to you when you're a kid, and you know, you're new. Yeah, you're gonna latch on to that, which makes and sense. it's fine. Yeah, and it's fine to um. I mean, that's obviously gonna be part of the subtext of any story you tell about that age group. But I think like the and and I think this is what like. And as somebody who loved, like who loves and enjoys these stories, and who absolutely enjoyed the second part for all of its humor, um, like I don't think this is a serious story. Like I, like I remember being scared by the original miniseries as a child. I read the book as an adult, was not scared at all. Um, found some of the imagery maybe in the first movie, the 2017 Muschietti movie. A little bit scary, but mostly like I, I'm not scared. Like I don't find it scary. I don't know if it, and I, and I'm not saying this to be cavalier. Like I'm completely like I just don't like it. Doesn't hit. I can watch it and not be freaked out by it at all. Um, it's not and really I think scary. Yeah, it's not scary. Like if there's something else happening that makes it compelling, and I'm not gonna try to take that away from it. And I think there's a certain there's a thing to be said about childhood terrors and confronting them and i think that's really what this movie is about is confronting the things that have terrorized you your whole life um but i don't think the second movie is scary at all 
it's highly entertaining and I love Bill Hader's performance and, uh, and value it. Um, but like, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if this work, like, I think just like the, I think it's just like a fundamental flaw of the material that like, you can't tell a story about adults that are scared of a clown and have it be super believable, you know? Yeah. That's, that's why you kind of have to, uh, th- there's so much stuff uh, and I've only from hearsay heard about things that are in the book. There's so much stuff that's unshootable in that book. Yeah. It's not filmable. You can't film that. There's no way to mm-hmm. film that believably where it's going to it translate to screen. It, it, it works in the medium that it was created for. And the and then this and the things that they do, I think that's why the first film is for me more successful is because they took a lot of what does work about that story and I feel like they executed it better than they did in the second one because like you said tawny this doesn't make sense for adults that's why you Mm -hmm. cut that out don't even shoot it don't do it you already cut other things out that didn't work Mm -hmm. for the film cut that out like that part of the story we don't care about this part works the best just shoot that and i know they they made a bunch of money so it's like all right we got to make a second one and you know this just give them some different kids Make him go after some yeah, kids. Like, or I make don't even it about, need to see these other kids. Like, it right, be, make it, yeah. Make it more about, like, the kids that are in danger. I remember, like, reading the book and being like, are you fucking kidding me? A Paul Bunyan statue? This Paul Bunyan statue is the scary thing. And being like, there's no way that's going to be in the movie. And then it was, and I was like... It just what? doesn't work. Now, <laughs> some of the scary... I will Nobody's say, Nobody's like, scared of this. Like, I no will, one finds it scary. I will say, while I wasn't scared, necessarily... There's just some dope scares in the first movie. Like you saying, Chris, the projector scene, super dope. Love that. Even the uh, one of my favorite is uh, when Bill goes down in the basement and he's got the puppet of Georgie. That shit is incredible. I love that scene. Like it's super. I'm not scared of it, but it's an effective scene. Like it's Mm -hmm. shot well. Like it is creepy. Like it works. Like the, there's a bunch of those scares. Yeah, Some the of the other scares, pretty, 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 pretty. Good. Yeah, the leper was kind of like. And th- there was a lot of him playing with his food a lot, where he's never as aggressive as he was with Georgie at the beginning, where he just he, you know, he he plays with Georgie for a second, and then he's like, all right, I'm I'm eating this kid. The rest of them, he's just kind of scaring them a bunch yeah. for a long mm-hmm. time, and never really takes his stab at them so it 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 there's some cool ones in there and then there's some there's like okay that's enough we've we we where it's it just like for it. the sake of itself you know sort yeah, of thing doing it again. Like, mm. yeah. yeah well i don't know if we circled around a, a hard <laughs> rule but you know what it's fine don't travel be safe and uh stay you know i mean like come on don't go to dairy like why are you in dairy Get out, uh, of fuck out of your hometown. Don't be, so, in, don't be the know. only black person in Maine. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's certain towns I like that rule. That you just say, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I know, Tony, you, you probably haven't watched WandaVision, but that's a town <laughs> where I'm just like, that yeah, town why would was I be whack there? to begin with. Yeah, anyway. that, that town ain't for me. That town ain't here, ain't for me to be there. Like, you know, it just, I wouldn't live there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
I think we did it, though. We had a good conversation about these movies. Tawny brought a wealth of knowledge about the books. Uh, I'm sorry. The book that inspired. <laughs> I don't even uh, remember it that well, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, you seem to remember it quite well. You seem quite well there. <laughs> she was like, like, on, like page, on page 300. <laughs> roll. It's like, a line 10. <laughs> he pulled a George R. R. Martin. There's a funny clip of him uh, where he's talking about Game of Thrones. But he keeps saying in the books. And they put a little counter for the amount of times he says in the books. <laughs> he's like, in the I'm books. I'm sorry. But, you uh, know. No, you gave us historical context because some of the things don't make sense in the movie and you can tell like they're just pulling from part you know so that was helpful um and if you haven't i i am going to make an attempt to read it just like i read dune on tawny's recommendation and because the movie's <laughs> coming up yeah. like i really want to read, read it i do because i, I keep love hearing dune. so much big dune, about dune. how crazy it is <laughs> But, uh, Dune might so, be my favorite novel. Oh, Dune might be my favorite novel of all time. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, here we are. So we talked about it. Uh, we have like a long, long list of movies that we want to cover for this <laughs> show. We're going to work through and figure out which one is next. But uh, if you have any suggestions for movies that you think we should cover, please, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave it in the comments. Um, otherwise, hit us up on Instagram. Uh, we post a lot of content there. We're also on TikTok now. Uh, posting a <laughs> thing or two there uh, from time to time. Um, and uh, we are at, on Instagram. We are 2BXM Podcast. Same on TikTok. So we should be easy to find. Um, we're also on, you know, you listen to this if you aren't already on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find podcasts. Um, so this is it. We are two blacks and a Mexican and stay safe. Stay safe.